from the FLI Audio Files. I'm Anthony Aguirre. I'm a professor of physics at UC Santa Cruz, and I'm one of the founders of the Future of Life Institute. So I'm David Stanley, and I'm currently working with FLI as a project coordinator slash volunteer coordinator. Hey, so my name is Lucas Perry, and I'm the project coordinator with the Future of Life Institute. I'm Max Tegmark, and I have the fortune to be the president of the Future of Life Institute. I am Mea Kita Tegmark, and I am a co-founder of the Future of Life Institute. Hi, I'm Richard Mala. I'm director of artificial intelligence projects at the Future of Life Institute. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Victoria Krakowna, and I'm one of the co-founders of FLI. And I recently taken up a position at Google DeepMind working on AI safety. And I'm Ariel Khan the Director of Media and Communications for FLI. 2016 has certainly had its ups and downs, and so at FLI we count ourselves especially lucky to have had such a successful year. We've continued to progress with the field of AI safety research, we've made incredible headway with our nuclear weapons efforts, and we've worked closely with many amazing groups and individuals. On that last note, much of what we've been most excited about throughout 2016 is the great work these other groups in our fields have also accomplished. Over the last couple of weeks, I've sat down with our founders and core team to rehash some of their highlights from 2016, and also to learn what they're most looking forward to as we move into 2017. To start things off, Max gave a summary of the work that FLI does and why 2016 was such a success. What I was most excited by in 2016 was the overall sense that people are taking seriously this idea that we really need to win this race between the growing power of our technology and the wisdom with which we manage it. Every single way in which 2016 is better than the Stone Age is because of technology. And I'm optimistic that we can create a fantastic future with tech as long as we win this race, right? But in the past, the way we've kept one step ahead is always by learning from mistakes. We invented a fire, messed up a bunch of times, and invented the fire extinguisher. And we at the Future Life Institute feel that that strategy of learning from mistakes is a terrible idea for more powerful tech like nuclear weapons, future artificial intelligence, and things that can really alter the climate of our globe. Now, in 2016, we saw multiple examples of people trying to plan ahead to avoid problems with technology instead of just stumbling into them. In April, we had world leaders getting together and signing the Paris Climate Accords. In November, the United Nations General Assembly voted to start negotiations about nuclear weapons next year. The question is whether they should actually ultimately be phased out, whether the nations who don't have nukes should try to work towards stigmatizing, building more of them, with the idea that 14,000 is, is way more than anyone needs for deterrence. And just the other day, the United Nations also decided to start negotiations on the possibility of banning lethal autonomous weapons which is another arms race, which could be very, very destabilizing. And if we keep this positive momentum, I think there's really good uh, hope that all of these technologies will end up having mainly beneficial uses. Today, we uh, think of our biologist friends as mainly responsible for the fact that we live longer and healthier lives, not as those guys who make the bioweapons. We think of chemists as providing us with better materials and new ways of making medicines, not as the people who built chemical weapons and are all for global warming. We think of AI scientists, I hope, when we think back of them in the future, as the people who help make the world better rather than the ones who just brought on the, um, the AI arms race. And it's very encouraging to me that 
not just people in general, but also the scientists in all these fields are really stepping up and saying, hey, you know, we're not just going to invent this technology and then let it be misused, but we're going to take responsibility for making sure that the technology is used beneficially. And beneficial AI is what FLI is primarily known for. So what did the other members have to say about AI safety in 2016? We'll hear from Anthony first. I would say that what has been great to see over the last year or so is the kind of AI safety and beneficiality research field really grow into an actual research field. When we ran our first conference a couple of years ago, there were these disparate tiny communities who had been thinking about the impact of artificial intelligence in the, in the future and in the long-term future. They weren't really talking to each other. They weren't really, for the most part, doing much actual research. There wasn't funding for it. So to see in the last two years that transform into something where it takes a massive effort to keep track of all the stuff that's being done in the space now. I mean, the, all the papers that are coming out, the research groups, you know, you sort of used to be able to just find them all easily identified. Now there's this huge worldwide effort and long lists and it's difficult to keep track of. And that's an awesome problem to have, you know, as someone who's not in the field, but sort of watching the dynamics of the research community, that's what's been so great to see. The research community that wasn't there before really has started. And I think in the past year, seeing the actual results of that research start to come in, you know, it's still early days, but starting to come in and starting to see papers that have been basically created using, you know, their research talents and the funding that's come through the Future of Life Institute has been super gratifying and seeing that it's a fairly large amount of money, but, but fairly small compared to the total amount of research funding in artificial intelligence or in other fields. But because it was so funding starved and talent starved before, it's just made an enormous impact. And that, that's been really nice to see. Not surprisingly, Richard was equally excited to see AI safety becoming a field of ever-increasing interest for many AI groups. So I'm, I'm most excited by the continued mainstreaming of AI safety research. There's more and more publications coming out by places like DeepMind and Google Brain that have really lent additional credibility to, to the space, as well as a continued uptake and more and more professors and, and postdocs and grad students from a wide variety of universities entering the space. And of course, OpenAI has uh, come out uh, with a number of useful uh, papers and, and, and resources. I'm also uh, excited that governments have really realized that this is an important issue. So while the White House reports that have come out recently are focusing more on near-term AI safety research, they did note that longer-term concerns like superintelligence are not necessarily unreasonable for later this century, and that they do support right now funding safety work that can scale toward the future, which is really exciting. We really need more funding coming into the community for, for that type of research. Likewise, other governments in the UK and Japan and Germany have all made very positive statements about some AI safety in, in one form or another and in other governments uh, around the world. In addition to seeing so many other groups get involved in AI safety, Victoria was also pleased to see FLI taking part in so many large AI conferences. I think I've been pretty excited to see us involved in these kind of AI safety workshops at major conferences. So on the one hand, our conference in Puerto Rico that we organized ourselves was very influential and helped to really kind of kickstart 
making AI safety more mainstream in the AI community. On the other hand, it felt really good in 2016 to complement that with having events that were actually part of major conferences and that were like co-organized by a lot of mainstream AI researchers. So I think that was really an integral part of mainstreaming of the field. For example, I, I was really excited about the reliable machine learning in the wild workshop at ICML that we helped to make happen. I think that's something that was quite positively received at the conference, and there was a lot of good AI safety material there. And of course, Victoria was also pretty excited about some of the papers that were published this year connected to AI safety, many of which received at least partial funding from FLI. There were several excellent papers in AI safety this year that were addressing really core problems in safety for machine learning systems. For example, there was a paper from Stuart Russell's lab that was published at NIPS on cooperative inverse reinforcement learning. This is about teaching artificial agents about what humans want, namely how to train a reinforcement learning algorithm to learn the right reward functions that reflects what humans want it to do. Another great paper that DeepMind and the Future of Humanity Institute published at UAI was on safely interruptible agents. This formalized what it means for a reinforcement learning agent not to have incentives to avoid shutdown. And Miri made an impressive breakthrough this past year with their paper on logical inductors. So overall, I'm just super excited about all these great papers coming out and that our grant program contributed to these results happening. For Maya, the excitement about AI safety went beyond just the technical aspects of artificial intelligence. I am very excited um, about the dialogue that FLI has catalyzed and also engaged in throughout 2016, especially regarding the impact of technology on society. My training is, is in psychology. I'm a psychologist. So I'm very interested in the human aspect of technology development. I'm very excited about questions like, how are new technologies changing us? Um, how ready are we to embrace new technologies? How are our psychological biases clouding maybe our judgment about what we're creating, the technologies that we're putting out there? Are these technologies beneficial for our psychological well-being or are they not? So it has been extremely interesting for me to see that these questions are being asked more and more, especially by artificial intelligence developers and also researchers. I think it's so exciting to be creating technologies that really force us to grapple with some of the most fundamental aspects, I would say, of our own psychological makeup. For example, our ethical values, our sense of purpose, our well-being, maybe our biases and short-sightedness and our shortcomings as, as biological human beings. So I'm definitely very excited about how the conversation regarding technologies and especially artificial intelligence has evolved over the last year. I like the way it has expanded to capture this human element, which I find so important. And I'm also so happy to feel that FLI has been an important contributor to this conversation. Meanwhile, as Max described earlier, FLI has also gotten much more involved in decreasing the risk of nuclear weapons. And Lucas helped spearhead one of our greatest accomplishments of the year. So one of the things that I was most excited about was our success with our divestment campaign. After a few months, we had great success uh, in our own local Boston area with helping the city of Cambridge to divest its 
$1 billion portfolio from nuclear weapons producing companies. And we see this as a really big and important victory within our campaign to help uh, institutions, persons, and universities to divest from nuclear weapons producing companies. And in order to truly be effective, we need to reach an international audience, which is something Dave has been happy to see grow this year. I'm mainly excited about, at least within my work, the increasing involvement and response we've had from the international community in terms of reaching out about these issues. I think it's pretty important that we engage the international community more and also not just academics because these issues, things like nuclear weapons and increasing capabilities of artificial intelligence, they really will affect everybody. And they seem to be really underrepresented in uh, mainstream media coverage as well. So far, we've had pretty good responses from just in terms of volunteers from many different countries around the, ro- around the world being interested in getting involved in helping to raise awareness in their respective communities, either through helping develop apps for us or translation or promoting just through social media these ideas in their, in their local communities. Many FLI members also participated in both local and global events and projects, like the following we're about to hear from Victoria, Richard, Lucas, and Maya. EGX Oxford Conference was a fairly large conference. It was very well organized. And we had a panel there with Demis Hassabis and Nate Soares from Miri and Murray Shanahan from Imperial and Toby Ord from FHI and myself. I feel like it was a really good conversation about AI safety where sort of got a lot of engagement and good points made. And I feel like overall that conference did a good job of, for example, connecting the local AI community with the people at DeepMind who are really thinking about AI safety concerns like Demis and also Sean Legassic also gave a talk about ethics and impact side of things. So I feel like that conference overall did a good job of connecting people who, who are thinking about these sorts of issues, which I think is always a great thing. So I was involved in this endeavor with IEEE regarding autonomy and ethics in autonomous systems, sort of representing FLI's positions on on things like uh, autonomous weapons and long-term AI safety. One thing that came out this year, uh, just, just a few days ago, actually, due to this work from IEEE, is that the UN actually took uh, the report pretty pretty seriously. And that that may have influenced their decision to take up the issue of autonomous weapons formally next year. That's kind of heartening. A few different things that I really enjoyed doing were giving a few different talks at Duke, Boston College, and a local effective altruism conference. I'm also really excited about all the progress that we're making on our nuclear divestment application. And so this is an application that will allow anyone to search up their mutual fund and see whether or not uh, their mutual funds have direct or indirect holdings in nuclear weapons producing companies. So a wonderful moment for me was at the conference organized by Jan LeCun in New York at NYU, when Daniel Kahneman, one of my thinker heroes, asked a very important question, I feel, that really left the whole audience in silence. He asked, does this make you happy? Would AI make you happy? Would the development of uh, human-level artificial intelligence make you happy? I think that was one of the defining moments, and I was very happy to be to be part to participate in this conference. Later on, David Chalmers, another one of my thinker heroes, um, this time not a psychologist but a philosopher, 
organized another conference again at NYU, trying to be to bring philosophers into this very important conversation about the development of artificial intelligence. And again, I felt there too that you know FLI was able to to contribute and bring in this perspective of the social sciences on this topic and issue. Now with 2016 coming to an end, it's time to turn our sights to 2017. And FLI is excited for this new year to be even more productive and beneficial. We at the Future Life Institute are planning to focus primarily on artificial intelligence and on uh, reducing the risk of accidental nuclear war in various ways. We're kicking off by having a really awesome conference on artificial intelligence. And then we want to continue throughout the year providing really high quality and easily accessible information on all those key topics to help inform what happens with climate change, with nuclear weapons, with um, lethal autonomous weapons, and, and so on. And looking ahead here, I think it's important right now, especially since uh, a lot of people are very stressed out about the political situation in the world, about terrorism, and so on, to not ignore the positive trends and the glimmers of hope we can see as well. As optimistic as FLI members are about 2017, we're all also especially hopeful and curious to see what will happen with continued AI safety research. I would say I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing in the next year more of the research that comes out and really sort of delving into it, into it myself and understanding how the field of artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence safety is developing. And, I, and I'm very interested in this from the forecasting and prediction standpoint. I'm very interested in trying to draw some of the AI community into really understanding how artificial intelligence is unfolding in the, in the short term and the medium term as a way to understand how long do we have. Is it, you know, if it's really infinity, then let's not worry about some, that so much and, and spend a little more effort on nuclear weapons and global warming and biotech, because those are definitely happening. If human level AI were eight years away, Honestly, I think we should be freaking out right now. <laughs> so, so I think that, you know, there's a huge, and most people don't believe either. Most people are more in the middle, it seems, of, you know, 30 years or 50 years or something, which feels kind of comfortable, although it's, you know, not that long, really, on the, on the big scheme of things. But it's, I think it's quite important to know which is it, how fast are these things, how long do we really have to think about all of the issues that FLI has been thinking about in AI, how long do we have before most jobs in industry, you know, in manufacturing are replaceable by a robot kind of being slotted in for a human? That may be five years, it may be 15. It's probably not 50 years at all. And having a, a good forecast on those short-term questions, I think, also tells us what sort of things we have to be thinking about now. And then I'm interested to see really how this nascent AI safety community that started develop. So it's amazing to see centers kind of popping up like mushrooms after a rain all over thinking about artificial intelligence safety, this partnership on AI between Google and Facebook and a, num a number of other large companies getting started. So to see how those different individual centers will develop and how they sort of interact with each other, is there an overall consensus on where things should go, or is it a bunch of different organizations doing their own thing? Where will governments come in on all of this? I think it will be interesting times. So, so I, I look forward to seeing what happens. 
out of interest, I and uh, and I will reserve judgment in terms of my optimism. I'm really looking forward to AI safety becoming even more mainstream and more of the really good researchers in AI giving it serious thought. Something that happened in the past year that I was really excited about that I think is also pointing in this direction is the research agenda that came out of Google Brain called uh, Concrete Problems in AI Safety. And I think I'm looking forward to more things like that happening where AI safety becomes sufficiently mainstream that people who are working in AI just like feel inspired to do things like that and actually like think from their own perspectives what are the important problems to solve in AI safety and then work on them. I'm a believer in the portfolio approach with regards to AI safety research where I think we need a lot of different research teams approaching the problems from different angles and making different assumptions and hopefully some of them will make the right assumptions. And I think we are really moving in the direction in terms of more people working in these problems and coming up with different ideas. And I look forward to seeing more of that in 2017. I think FLI can also continue helping to make this happen. So we're in the process of fostering uh, additional collaboration among people uh, in the AI safety space. And we will have more announcements about this early next year. And we're also working on, on resources to help people better visualize and to better understand the space of AI safety work and the opportunities there and, and the work that has been done, because it's actually quite a lot. I'm also pretty excited about fostering continued theoretical work and practical work in making AI more robust and more beneficient. Work in uh, value alignment, for instance, you know, is not something that we see you know, supported in mainstream AI uh, research, for instance. And this is something that is pretty crucial to the way that advanced AIs will need to function. It won't be very explicit instructions to them. They'll have to be making decisions based essentially on what they think is right and what is right. Or even structuring the way to think about what is right requires some, some more research. We've had pretty good success with FLI about in the past few years helping to legitimize the field of AI safety. And I think it's going to be important because AI is playing a large role in industry. There's a lot of companies that are, are working on this, not just in the US. So I think increasing international awareness about AI safety is going to be really important. So I believe that the AI community has raised some very important questions in 2016 um, regarding the impact of AI on society. I feel like 2017 should be the year to make progress on these questions and actually research them and have some answers to them. For this, I think we need more social scientists among people from other disciplines to join this effort of really systematically investigating what would be the optimal impact of AI on people. I hope that in 2017 we will have more such initiatives that we will attempt to systematically study other very burning questions regarding the impact of AI on society. Some examples are, you know, how can we ensure the psychological well-being for people while AI will create lots of displacements on the job markets, as many people predict? How do we optimize engagement with technology and withdrawal from it also? Uh, will some people be left behind, like the elderly or the economically disadvantaged? And how will this affect them and how will this affect society at large? 
What about withdrawal from technology? What about satisfying our need for privacy? Will we be able to do that? Or is the price of, you know, having more and more customized technologies and more and more personalization of the technologies we engage in, will that mean that we will have no privacy anymore or that our expectations of privacy will be very seriously violated? So I think these are some very important questions that I would love to get some answers to. And my wish and also my resolution for 2017 is to see more progress on these questions and hopefully to also be part of this work in answering them. In, in 2017, I'm very interested in pursuing the landscape of different policy and principle recommendations from different groups regarding artificial intelligence. I'm also really looking forward to expanding our nuclear divestment campaign by trying to introduce divestment to new universities and institutions and communities and cities. In fact, some experts believe nuclear weapons pose a greater threat now than at any time during our history. I personally feel that the greatest threat to the world in 2017 of all is one that the newspapers almost never write about. It's not terrorist attacks, for example. It's the small but horrible risk that the U.S. and Russia, for some stupid reason, get into an accidental nuclear war against each other, where we have 14,000 nuclear weapons, and this war by accident has almost happened many, many times. So what's actually quite remarkable and really gives, uh, I think, a glimmer of hope is that however people feel about Putin and Trump, the fact is they're both signaling very strongly that they're eager to get along better. And if that actually pans out, and they managed to make some serious progress in nuclear arms reduction, that would make 2017 the best year for nuclear weapons we've had in a long, long time, reversing this trend of this ever greater risks with ever more lethal weapons. Some FLI members are also looking beyond nuclear weapons and artificial intelligence, as I learned when I asked Dave about other goals he hopes to accomplish with FLI this year. Definitely having our volunteer team, particularly the international volunteers, continue to grow and scale things up. Right now we have a fairly committed core of people who are, are helping out. And we think that they can start recruiting more people to help out in their, in their local communities and really making this stuff accessible, not just to academics, but to everybody. And that's kind of also reflected in the types of people we have working for us as volunteers. Like they're not just academics. We have programmers, uh, linguists, people all the way from just having high school degrees all the way up to PhDs. So I think it's pretty good that these really varied group of people can get involved and, and contribute and then also can help to reach out to other people that they can relate to. In addition to getting more people involved, Maya also pointed out that one of the best ways we can help ensure a positive future is to continue to offer people more informative content. Another thing that I'm very excited about regarding our work here at the Future of Life Institute is this mission of, of empowering people through information. I think information is very powerful and can change the way people approach things. They can change their beliefs, their attitudes, their behaviors as well. And by creating ways in which information can be readily distributed to, to the people and in which they can engage with it very easily, I hope that we can create changes. For example, we've had a series of 
different apps regarding nuclear weapons that I think have contributed a lot to people's knowledge and has, has brought this issue to the forefront of their thinking. Yet as important as it is to highlight the existential risks we must address to keep humanity safe, perhaps it's equally important to draw attention to the incredible hope we have for the future if we can solve these problems, which is something both Richard and Lucas brought up for 2017. I'm excited about trying to foster more positive visions of the future. So focusing on uh, existential hope aspects of the future, which are kind of the, uh, the flip side of existential risks. So we're looking at various ways of getting people to be creative about understanding some of the possibilities and how to differentiate the paths between the, the risks and, and the benefits. Yeah, I'd also be very. I'm also interested in creating and generating a lot more content that has to do with existential hope. Given the current global political climate, it's all the more important to focus on how we can make the world better. And on that note, I want to mention one of the most amazing things I discovered this past year. It had nothing to do with technology and everything to do with people. Since starting at FLI, I've met countless individuals who are dedicating their lives to trying to make the world a better place. We may have a lot of problems to solve, but with so many groups focusing solely on solving them, I'm far more hopeful for the future. There are truly too many individuals that I've met this year to name them all, so instead, I'd like to provide a rather long list of groups and organizations I've had the pleasure to work with this year. A link to each group can be found at futureoflife.org slash 2016, and I encourage you to visit them all to learn more about the wonderful work they're doing. In no particular order, they are the Machine Intelligence Research Institute, or MIRI, the Future of Humanity Institute, the Global Catastrophic Risk Institute, the Center for the Study of Existential Risk, Plowshares Fund, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, The Open Philanthropy Project, Union of Concerned Scientists, The William Perry Project, Rethink Media, Don't Bank on the Bomb, The Federation of American Scientists, Massachusetts Peace Action, The Institute for Electrical and Electronics Engineers, or IEEE, the Center for Human-Compatible Artificial Intelligence, the Center for Effective Altruism, the Center for Applied Rationality, the Foresight Institute, the Leverholm Center for the Future of Intelligence, Global Priorities Project, the Association for the Advancement of Artificial Intelligence, or AAAI, the International Joint Conference on Artificial Intelligence, the Partnership on AI, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, and the Future Society at Harvard Kennedy School. I couldn't be more excited to see what 2017 holds in store for us, and all of us at FLI look forward to doing all we can to help create a safe and beneficial future for everyone. But to end on an even more optimistic note, I turn back to Max. Finally, I'd like to because uh, I spend a lot of my time thinking about our universe, to remind everybody that we shouldn't just be focused on the next election cycle. We have 
not decades, but billions of years of potentially awesome future for life on Earth and, and far beyond. And that's so important to not let ourselves get so distracted by our everyday little frustrations that we lose sight of these incredible opportunities that we all stand to gain if we can get along and focus and collaborate and use technology for good. To learn more, visit futureoflife.org.